Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Pinchas Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parsha's Pinchas. The topic now shifts in the Parsha away from counting B'nai Israel and inheritance and all the, le- the, the descriptions of the next le- level leadership. And we move now to Korbanos. We first can hear about the Korban Tamid, the daily sacrifice, and then the Korban Musaf of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. This is a very famous Aliyah because it's read every Rosh Chodesh. So people often know this Aliyah very well off by heart. It runs from Perek Chavches to Aleph to Tesov. It is 16 Sukkim long. And as we described, it is the beginning of the Korbanas. So we hear about three sets of Korbanas. The Korban Tamid, Moshe is told that on a daily basis, they bring a sacrifice in the Mishkan. It consists of, of two lambs. One brought in, uh, each of them a year old. Each one brought in the morning and one brought in the afternoon. Um, we're also told about the, the, the meal offerings and the libations which accompany it. So there's a tenth of an ephah of flour which is bought with it in oil, and the libation of a quarter of a hin. And this korban is an oil. It is fully burnt up in the morning and the evening. Then we then hear about the Musaf, the extra additional korbanos on Shabbos. So on Shabbos, two additional lambs are brought with their meal offerings and libations, and this is in addition to the korban tamid. That reflects the prayer that we have on Shabbos. So we have the regular shachris, which is corresponding to the korban tamid, and we have the Musaf, which is corresponding to the korban Musaf, which is why we talk about those korbanos in Musaf. Finally, we hear about the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. On Rosh Chodesh, we hear the special korbanos, a burnt offering, which is a bull, uh, and we made of two bulls, one ram, seven lambs, and then the respect of Menachos, and finally a series in Echad Lachatos Hashem, a goat which is a atonement to Hashem. So let's just sort of unpack this piece by piece. A few basic questions: Why are the korbanos being put here in the first place? Meaning, were the korbanos not told to the nation of Israel thirty-nine years ago when they established the Mishkan? So Rashi says, well. Um, he's responding to Moshe's request. Moshe said, let's find a leader to lead the people. So because, uh, Hashem says to him, well, before you find a leader to lead the people, make sure they're following me. So in order to follow me, show me a demonstration of their commitment. And their commitment is expressed in the Quran. So that's why it is following over here. But of course, it was command before, and this is a reaffirmation. The Malvim is sort of it goes a little further in, along this line to say that the Korbanos are also, and this is not the only reason for Korbanos, but one of the reasons that the Ramah Memorial Nebuchim describes is to counteract the pagan worship at the time. So people would serve the sun in the morning as it went up and as it went down in the evening. And so the Korban was brought to the opposite sides of the Mizbeach to where the sun was to demonstrate that the people were committed to HaKosh Baruch Hu, not the pagan um, the deities that would meet as they come into the land of Israel, which Yahshua is about to lead. So to, uh, to affirm the future commitment, uh, even despite entering a pagan territory, that's why this is brought here. Ramban goes in a little bit of a different angle and he points out that yes, the Korban Tamid, the daily Korban, was brought during the desert 39, for the last 39 years, but the Musafim, the extra additional Korbanos of the Yom Tavim, and the Nasachim, which is the libations, were not yet brought. So this is why they're being commanded here. The, the Korban Tamid is being reaffirmed as well. Um, it is interesting to, to notice that the Orachim HaKadosh quotes the Yalkut that people thought that maybe when we stop traveling, we no longer bring Korbanos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying, no, 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 you bring Korbanos even when you stop traveling and you enter into the land. Of Israel. Now, who's in charge of the Korbanos? Whose responsibility is it? Rashi makes it very clear that this is a commandment of Amar Tulahem, refers to Bastin. Bastin are responsible for bringing the Korbanos. And um, what is interesting is that they had Ma'amodos, which means representation of Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim at every Korban. So it was like jury duty where everybody would have a certain amount of time where they would have to be there in the Bastin representing the rest of their brethren at the Korban Tamid. 
It's fascinating to notice that there is a medrash, very, very famous medrash, which is quoted uh, um, in the Hakdama, the introduction of the Ein Yaakov. Interestingly enough, it's not to be found elsewhere, but in his introduction, he quotes a very famous medrash, which describes a, a discussion between the sages as to what the most po- uh, famous pasuk in the Torah, the most important pasuk in the Torah is. So one option is, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echod, the belief in the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Another pasuk is, loving ones, the neighbors oneself, like Rabbi Akiva. And the, the third possibility, which is suggested, is the Pasuk in Ar Aliyah. The one Korban brought in the morning, the one Korban brought in the, brought in the evening, which is the Korban Tamid. That seems like a little bit of an anti-climax after all. Right? That doesn't sound so important to be the, you know, what the, the hallmark of what Torah is. So the Mavarashim explains, what the Ain Yaakov explains, is that Torah requires consistency. Torah requires a commitment. It's all very nice to have, you know, moments of euphoria and uh, epiphanies. But in the end of the day, one needs to, you know, where the, where the rubber meets the tar, what's going to be the next day? Are you going to come? Are you going to be there? Is there commitment? It's not enough to be a Jew at heart. That's what's being said over here. Another question. What if the Korbanus were missed? Rashi points out, If you miss it out, you don't get it again. There's only one opportunity to bring these Korbanus as well. Um, why is there a Korban Chattas on Rosh Chodesh for, for, for Hashem? It's a bit of a strange description. Why does Hashem need a Korban Chattas? So the, the Bechor Shor, Rav Yosef Bechor Shor, explains that it's L'Shem Shamaim. You should bring the Korban Chattas on Rosh Chodesh for the sake of heaven. Um, Rashi quotes a famous Chazal, which says that HaKosh Baruch Hu, when he created the two luminaries, the, the, the sun and the moon, which, which are, give light to earth, to terra firma, um, they were created the same, sp- the same size, and then HaKosh Baruch Hu minimized the, the moon because it re- complained how there could be two kings using one crown, and HaKosh Baruch Hu says, I'm bringing a kapora, or bring a, karbona f- a kapora for me for having minimized the moon. Very strange chazal. I mean, <laughs> why was Hashem need a kapora? What's this whole conversation? A lot to talk about over here. There's an ex- extremely lengthy viral on this topic, but for basic lessons, very basic ideas, the Bayer Rebbein Bechai extracts from here. Lesson number one is, is that HaKosh Baruch Hu doesn't like it when there's machlaikas in his creation. He doesn't like when one entity is complaining that the way he created wasn't fair about another entity and HaKosh Baruch Hu has to intercede. Hashem doesn't like that. Hashem says, I want you to atone once a month. I want you to realize I don't like you, fig- uh, you uh, having problems with each other. That's number one. The other thing is HaKosh Baruch Hu built into the creation this waning and this waxing, the notion that Baalei Tshuva can always come back. That HaKosh Baruch Hu is saying, look, I made this change in creation to minimize those who who, who, who made Machlokas, who, who castigated, but they can come back. The moon can disappear and can regain power. And therefore part of the, the we'll call microcosmic um, process of every month is the realization that you can disappear, you can have problems, but you can still reconstitute yourself as well, which is a very powerful um, idea which is to be found in the format of these Korbanas. There is, there is a lot more to talk about, um, but what, one fascinating point, and then we'll close with this, is the basic constellation of the Korbanas is, is uh, the following. It's one ram, two bulls, seven lambs, and one goat for achatas. Why is it relevant? So the Rabbi Menachem Liebtag once said a very beautiful thing. Um, I, I heard him say this, the, this idea that they actually refer to four stories that occur in the Torah. The one ram refers to the isle, the ram of Yitzchak in the Aken and Pashas Vayera. The two bulls refer to the two um, bulls which were brought by Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of the what's called Bris Sinai in Pashas Mishpatim after Matan Torah. 
um, in the very last Aliyah. The seven names refer to the covenant made between Avram and Avimelech in Pashas Vayera, between the covenant between the Philistines and the Israelites. And finally, the one goat for the Chattis refers to the, the, goat of, uh, the goat that was killed when dipping the blood or dipping the coat of Yosef after the sale of Yosef into blood. Now, you think these sound like four random stories, so why are they being encapsulated in these Karbonis, the framework of the Karbonis or Rosh Chodesh and most of the other, the other Yom Tavim? So he explains because they govern four different relationships Jew and God as an individual. That's the Yitzchak Avinu. Then there's Jew and God as the collective. That's after Matan Torah, the, the two bulls. Then there is God and non-Jew, and that refers to Avram and Avimelech. Those are the seven lambs. And then there's God. Then there's Jew and Jew. That refers to Yosef and the, the sale and the sale of the, also at the hands of his brothers. Which means that every Rosh Chodesh or every Yontav, when we have this Musaf sacrifice, which inc- incorporates these four things: one ram, two bulls, seven lambs, and one goat, we're remembering these four different dimensions that all of us have: our relationship to God as individuals, our relationship to God as a collective our relationship between ourselves as Jews and Jews and our relationship between ourselves and non-Jews. And that's what we're trying to correct. That's what we're trying to fix every time we bring this framework of Korbanos. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.